pray together. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. Heavenly Father, we're here today on this beautiful new day that you have given us. On this Sunday, to worship you, we surrender ourselves to you, God. Lord, we right now, at this moment, we choose today, not because of emotions and feelings, but we choose today to lay down our crowns, lay down our feelings, lay down our worries and our anxieties, and we choose to look to you. We choose to look up to the heavens and to know that, God, that you are in control and to know that, God, that you are good and you deserve all of our praises, all of our breath, all of our singing, all of our praises, all of our prayers may point to you and give glory to your name. Lord, we surrender ourselves to you right now. We give you all the glory and honor. Take away every distraction at this time. Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts as we transition to the message. Lord, may it be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, for God, you are our rock and our redeemer. We love you so much. We need you so much. And we desire you with all of our hearts, our soul, mind, and strength. Lord, take all the glory and honor. We love you. We thank you. Pray all these things in your precious son, Jesus Christ, and we pray. And God's people pray, amen and amen. All right, God bless you, everyone. Uh, it's good to be here today. Let's take a moment to greet one another, greet our neighbors. <clears throat> Let's continue with our Lens series. We are now with, in our fifth sermon of our Lens series, next week will be Palm Passion Sunday. But today, we're going to continue in the Embrace and today's title is called Embrace the Suffering. Embrace the Suffering. Can we turn to our neighbors and say embrace, embrace. the suffering? Amen. Amen. Starting with our first passage here today. These first four are not the main. We will get to the main. But our first passage for today is found in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Starting from verse 23, to, and then we're going to end that at verse 30. It says this, Are they servants of Christ? Who is speaking here? Paul is speaking here. I am out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. I have worked much harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent the night and a day in the open sea. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I've labored and toiled and have often gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst and have often gone without food. I've been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak and I do not feel weak? Who is led into sin? and I do not inwardly burn. 
And we see here from the passage found in 2 Corinthians 11, we see that Paul, he faced tremendous suffering in life. Not just from his own fellow people, his Jews, but he says from Gentiles. He says from unbelievers. He talks about a pain that he went through, suffering that he went through, that is beyond from his own people. It says danger from my fellow Jews, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the country, danger at sea, and danger from false believers. He's saying he was never safe. He experienced tremendous suffering in life. And he goes ahead, he lists them here in 2 Corinthians 11. Shows us in verse 30. If I must boast, I will boast other things that show my weakness. Right here, he's boasting about his weaknesses, about his sufferings. Embrace the suffering. If you go a chapter later in chapter 12, 2 Corinthians 12, from verse 7 through 10, it says in verse 7, Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, arrogant, proud, I was given a what? A thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. But he said to me, he's talking about Jesus, but Christ said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that whose power? Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Amen. Embrace the suffering. Embrace it. Right here in chapter 12, he's talking about a physical pain, a disease that he's going through, asking God to take it away. But what does Christ say? My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. That's why he says, I delight in, verse 10, weakness, weaknesses, and insults, and hardships, and persecutions, and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Embrace your suffering. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 through 6. Paul, in a different book, he says, In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. He's reminding us, why must we as human beings, why must we as Christians embrace suffering? Here in Philippians 2, Paul is reminding us, because Christ went through suffering. He's saying, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ. Don't expect to have an easy life. Expect trials. Expect suffering. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming what? Obedient to death and death on a cross. What does that mean, death on a cross? 
It wasn't simple, beheaded, quick death. He was beaten. He was spat on. He was persecuted. The cross, the tremendous pain of suffering that he had to face. Paul is reminding us, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. Don't expect an easy life as followers of Christ. That's why he reminds us in Isaiah 53, which we went over during Bible study during this last season. It reminds us that he was despised and rejected by mankind. A what? A man of what? Of royalty? Of easiness? A man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hide their faces. He was despised and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we consider him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was what? Pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds, we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and afflicted. Yet he did not open his mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before its shearers is silent. So he did not open his mouth. Had the same mindset as Christ Jesus. That he was obedient to death. Death on a cross. A man of suffering. He knew pain. He was despised. He was rejected. A man of low esteem. So suffering is part of life. It says in Matthew 5.45, he causes his son to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. But there is a difference here. Yes, we all go through suffering in life. It is a common denominator, the equalizer to every living human being. No matter where you live, we all undergo suffering and trials in life. But as Christians, it's different. Because in the end, we have hope in Christ. And after this life of suffering, we have eternity in heaven with him. A life no longer filled with suffering a life filled with peace and everlasting and joy, a perfect union, perfect relationship with our Father. We hear people all the time say, life is not fair, life is not fair, life is not fair. But life is fair. Life is very fair. Some people are born into poverty. Some people are born into privilege. Maybe they may have more, or maybe they may not have more. But life at the end of the day is the same. You and I, we are all on the same boat. Whether you have citizenship or you don't have citizenship, whether you are an American citizen or whether you're a Korean citizen or you're a Filipino citizen, 
It doesn't matter. Because at the end of the day, we all go through suffering. And at the end of the day, we will have our final breath here on earth. And we will never come back from this earth ever again. Our life will end. And our life is the common. The suffering and death is the common denominator to every single living being on earth. That includes every animal, every human being, all of us. Even though we all come from different backgrounds, we have been given different cards in life. In the end, we are all the same. Suffering brings us together. You could be rich now, but you could be poor later. You could be poor now, and you could be rich later. I've had friends who are so rich, they wear like $20,000 watch. They own supermarkets in Asia, and that was handed down to them. I had a friend who lived here in Alpine, very rich. I used to go over his house, play all the time. Who's to say he didn't go through suffering? We all go through suffering, whether we have a lot or very little. Life is very fair. If God was a fair God, I would not be alive today. But God is very fair. He's very fair to you, and he's very fair to me and to all of us. That is why he is patient for us. And as Christians, what separates us from the rest of the world is that we are victorious. Even in suffering, we are victorious, as Paul said. As Christians, we live with a different mindset, a different frequency as the world. Suffering draws us closer to the heart of God. And as Christians in suffering, we are victorious. Depression and death does not have the final word. Your suffering and your pain does not have the final word in your life. As Christians, there's only one that determines the final word in your life, and his name is Jesus Christ. And because of Christ, we are here today. And his name is Jesus Christ. He's the Alpha and the Omega. He is the King, the beginning and the end. He's the Lion and the Lamb. That is why as Christians, we can undergo any suffering. And we can come out of it strong. Because we will never walk alone. Yes, death is inevitable. Yes, suffering is inevitable. But it's not our final word. Only Jesus Christ has the final word. Why? Because once this life ends, we have hope in him for all of eternity in heaven with Christ. Amen? That's why it says in 1 Peter 1, 6-9, our main passage here today. It says, in all this you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Amen.
Point number one, sufferings are short-lived in Christ. Sufferings are short-lived in Christ. Sufferings are short-lived in Christ. Verse 6 tells us, In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. For a little while, that is the key. For a little while. Peter is reminding us that we are living in a broken world. And in this life, yes, we will face trials, sufferings, and persecutions. But they're only for a little while. Little while, short-lived. Broken relationships, broken dreams, divorces, miscarriages. For a little while. Peter is reminding us. Your life is not going to be suffering free. You will undergo suffering, but for a little while, especially for Christians. That's why it says, it reminds us, right? Jesus, he speaks all throughout. John 15, Matthew 10. In this world, you have trouble and persecution. Jesus says, if they persecuted me, they will persecute you. You will be hated by everyone because of me, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. The question is, will you stand firm in the midst of your suffering in life? People murdering one another. People harming children and using women. Trafficking children. How ugly sin mutates and it becomes when it is left alone. The nature of sin, the nature of mankind, of humankind. Peter is saying, for those who are in, again, the key word is in. In Christ, rejoice. Because your suffering is not going to last forever. It is short-lived for a little while. What would you choose? 1,000 push-ups right now. Get it done in the spot. Or 300 push-ups for 30 days. Or forever. 300 push-ups for every day. Let's say every day you have to do 300 push-ups. Which one would you choose? I would choose 1,000 push-ups now so that I don't have to do 300 push-ups every day. I've actually done the 300 push-up for the 30-day challenge. That's like 9,000 push-ups. My joints were hurting. Don't, don't do that. Don't, 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 don't. It's, 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 I wouldn't recommend it. But you want to get it done now. Why? Because you know it will end. Just suffer now. And later, reap the awards, the rewards. Go through suffering now. It's reminding us sufferings are short-lived in Christ. Point number two, embrace sufferings in Christ. Embrace sufferings in Christ. I'm going to stay on this point a little bit, and I have two sub-points for us. Starting with the question, why? Why must I embrace sufferings in Christ? Why? Letter A. Suffering refines your faith in Christ. Refines it. This is the key. There's no other method that will refine your faith other than suffering. If suffering was not part of us being refined, then there would be no need for boot camp when you join the military. Suffering refines your faith 
in Christ. Suffering refines your faith. How? How much of greater worth than gold it tells us. Verse 7 says, These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of what? Of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. So sufferings are tests. Tests are trials. And sufferings, they have a purpose. What is the purpose? To prove the genuineness of your faith. To refine your faith. Refine by fire. Therefore, in trials, we must see God correctly and biblically in the truthful way with the correct set of lenses. Try walking around with Ronnie's glasses on, with Andy's glasses on. We'll try that later. See what, how we act and what we do. If we see God with the wrong set of lenses, our faith will be destroyed through suffering in life. Why? Because you also have a powerful enemy who desires you. He wants your faith to be destroyed, to be messed up through the suffering in your life. Especially when you go through injustices. Especially when you go through in, in betrayals. Especially when you go through sickness in life, as Paul, he went through. In 2 Corinthians chapter 12, as he went through suffering, God, take this thorn away from me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord. But my grace is sufficient for you. It may be strong in your weakness. Sicknesses, betrayals, injustice in life will make us lose our faith. Suffering and adversity will either make you love God more or will make you lose your faith and lose your love towards God. If you have the wrong set of lenses, if you view God in a skewed way, you must see God for who he is because suffering will make us bitter or will make us better in Christ. It will help us answer the question, what do I really believe? Who am I? Really, who am I? Suffering will either purify or will destroy and poison your faith in life. And if you have the right set of lenses and if you believe that God doesn't care about my life, God does not love me, God, he doesn't care about what happens in, to me in my life. And when you go through suffering, of course you're going to blame God and you're going to hate him. But if you believe the truth that God is good, God, even though I may not fully understand your ways right now, what I'm going through, just like Job, may the name of the Lord be praised. I will still trust in you, even though I may not understand your ways. I will still hold on to you. And if you make that your prayer and your foundation that is found in Christ, then your faith will be purified through the pain and the suffering in your life. But if you believe the lies of the enemy, that God doesn't care about you, he doesn't love you, your faith will be diseased through the pain, and you will no longer walk with him. Where will you stand? 
Will you say, though he slay me, yet I will trust in him, as Job said? Or will you say, though he slay me, I will not trust in him. I will walk away. What would you say? Though you slay me, yet I will praise you. Though you take from me, I will bless your name. Though you ruin me, still I will worship. Sing a song to the one who's all I need. Though my heart and my flesh may fail, with my eyes I will lift up my eyes and see and behold the lamb that was slain. And I'll know that every tear was worth it all, was worth it all. May your faith not be poisoned and be skewed through the suffering in your life. Suffering in life will cleanse our faith like no other. Verse 7, to test the genuineness of your faith. Test by fire. So again, suffering refines your faith in Christ. Letter A. Letter B. Suffering reveals your genuine faith in Christ. Suffering reveals your genuine faith in Christ. Suffering reveals your genuine faith in Christ. Ask yourself, is my faith genuine? Is my faith genuine? Is my faith genuine and real before God? Adversity doesn't just build your character. Adversity reveals your character. It reveals it. Everything looks strong. All buildings look strong when there is no shaking, when there is no hardship. But when the earthquake hits, you realize which building had the strong foundation. It has nothing to do with age or how recent these buildings were made. You see all the time, even new buildings, they cannot withstand the earthquake. It is the old building with a strong foundation that remains strong. Which foundation do you have in God? Suffering shakes us to the core of who I really am. The quality of my faith. He helps us answer the question, who am I? Whose am I? And what I believe. What do you believe? Who are you? Whose are you today? If you are a child of God, then the suffering and the shaking should not destroy your faith. In fact, it should reveal and show for what it is. Yes, it may not be strong. Yes, it may crumble at times. But you get right back up and you do it again and again and again. Especially we are living in a time where everybody is quitting left and right. People are walking away from their faith left and right. You must remain strong in Christ, your foundation that is found in Him. Verse 7, these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Suffering refines our faith. What fire does to gold, Suffering and trial does to faith. It purifies 
and refines. As fire purifies gold, it shows us what we are really made out of. It pushes all the impurity to the surface. Things that need to be scooped out, things that need to be cut off and pruned. And yes, it's going to look ugly. Yes, all the junk is going to be revealed to the surface. But when we go through the fire, through the suffering and life, we are being sanctified and being transformed to be more like Christ. Our self-centeredness, our selfishness, our hatred, our doubt, it all comes up to the surface. Remember the bottle analogy I gave? I want you to have this in for the video. You leave it alone, everything is good. It's remaining good, it looks clean. But once it's shaken, all the dirt and everything that we thought we cover under our carpet, it comes back up again. You think we are so holy. You are not holy. We all have impurities. We are all crooked and beyond cure. That is why we need a Savior to come and rescue us. Even an innocent baby who is so pure, so clean, we all fall short of the glory of God. We are all sinners saved by the grace of God. When we justify and we look at someone with a big guy with, I don't know, we judge them according to their looks with tats everywhere and doesn't look like a really nice person and, and we judge and we see and we see compared to a child and we see the difference but at the end of the day life is fair we all have sin and we are all crooked and we are all broken you can mask it all you want with your kindness with your smile but the heart the heart is beyond cure it says Jeremiah 17 reminds us that heart is beyond cure it is beyond cure. It is beyond cure. And when we're shaken, and when our ugliness comes back up again, don't remain discouraged. Because it's reminding us, it's reminding you once again that we are all inadequate, that we are all in need of a Savior, that we are all in desperate need of someone for someone to come and to rescue us. And who is that? His name is Jesus Christ. The one who died for our sins. So that our sins may be washed away. Romans 3, 23, 25 tells us, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. For all, all have sinned. And fall short of the glory of God. Jesus Christ was the only one, only one that was sinless and pure, perfect, the ultimate sacrifice. That is why when Jesus died on the cross, everything was okay. Everything was okay. All of our iniquities, all of our sins was placed on him. And he went on the cross. And he was obedient obedient to death, even on a cross. Verse 24 says, And all are justified freely by his grace. Through what? Through the redemption that came by Christ 
Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by what? By faith. By faith. Faith is easy. Listen to me carefully. Faith is easy in the days of sunshine. But it's in the days of storms and sufferings where your faith is shown for what it really is. Everyone can look good and be that really nice elder, smiling, when things are easy, when things are going your way, calm. But who are we in the days of suffering? What will come to the surface? What will be revealed when you're shaken? And if the junk comes out, it's okay. Be real. None of us are perfect. That's why we need the Holy Spirit. We need the constant living water to pour upon us so that the dirt can eventually come out. Every day, every day, we're becoming more like him, being washed by his blood every single day, being transformed. Where today, I love him more today than I did yesterday. Today, I hasten more today than I did yesterday. People are not preaching and talking about these things. Modern-day Christianity, free, easy, carefree, do what you want, live both in the world and in God, and do whatever you want. Easy, carefree, wealth, prosperity, all that modern-day Christianity, pain-free. True Christianity is the way of the cross. It's the way of suffering. Having the mindset of Christ was obedient and obedient to death on a cross. And I'm not saying go and seek suffering, you know, like, please let me suffer or else you will suffer regardless. Whether you seek it or not, life is just full of suffering. And suffering allows us to partner and partake in the life of Christ. When we embrace suffering as partnership with our Lord Jesus Christ, life becomes easier. We are no longer bitter, full of revenge and hate. Hate is what destroys us. It's what brings sickness. A dark heart is what makes us unhealthy. Stress. But we learn to get better every single day. Even though our situation might not get better, but we learn to trust Him no matter what, more and more every single day. You want to get to that next level of your faith? Embrace suffering. Embrace suffering. So what was point number one? Point number one was? Sufferings are short-lived in Christ. Okay, good. And then what was point number two? Which was the sub point was suffering refines. Okay, good. And let it be suffering reveals your genuine faith in Christ. Amen. Who am I? Whose am I? What I believe. What do I believe? And last point here. 
my end reward is in Christ. Is in Christ. My end reward is in Christ. My end reward is in Christ. Amen. The word end, definition of end is the object to which our faith is directed. The very thing, quote unquote thing, whatever that thing is that we believed and lived for. The very thing that we live for. The purpose, why you're toiling and suffering for that, for that dream of yours, for what? What is your reward? You could be rich, you could be the champion of, the, of any sport or whatever, the sport that you are focused on. You could be an Olympic medalist and you get the dream that you want, but is that the end? Is that all? Is that the reward of life? That's it? The fame and the riches of this world, the recognition of this world, is that it? Is that all to life? What does the end mean for us as Christians? The end, what does it mean? I'll tell you what it is. It's found here in verse 8 through 9. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him. And are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. Verse 9. For you're receiving the end result of your faith. The what? The salvation of your souls. I'll tell you what your end rewards are. Letter A, joy in life. You have joy in life. Filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy, it says in verse 8. Just because you have everything doesn't mean you are joyful. Just because you are able to pay the bills at the end of the month, you are joyful. Joy is part of life, and God called us to be joyful every single day, no matter what circumstances, no matter what situations you are going through. Again, I'm not saying happiness. Because happiness is based on your feelings. It's based on the monetary, momentary things. Happiness is based on your happenings. So if your happenings are good, then you are full of happiness. But once that is taken away, you are no longer happy anymore. Because it depends on your emotions and the situation and the circumstances that you are going through. But joy is something that cannot be explained. You could be going through a tremendous suffering right now. Yet at the same time, you have joy, the joy of the Lord. That gives you strength. The joy of God. Why be stressed in life and go through a life? Temporary. Highs and lows, up and down. Whether you have your job or whether you don't have your job. You have joy of God in your life. Filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. Keep in mind here, Peter's not saying, go and change something. Go and do this. Go do this. 
physically change that or this and that, maybe that will help temporarily. But how about the problem is not about your surrounding. The problem is your heart. If the heart is crooked, if the heart and the attitude is the same, you could have all the riches in the world. You could have life just the way that you want it. God, if only this would work out this way, if only I have this, if I have that, then that'd be perfect. Perfect, perfect. Your faith is becoming poison. In the end, life is all the same. We're all in the same boat. You have joy in life. Whatever you're going through, you have joy. Inexpressible and glorious joy. Amen. And what is the second reward that we get? And it's the most important. Salvation in life. Salvation. Okay, you can't have one without the other. If you have the salvation, you have the joy. You have the joy, you have the salvation. It comes together in total package. The salvation of your soul, soul meaning your life, your nefesh, your life, your inmost being, your whole being, the salvation of your life. You can have all the money, you can have all the riches, you can have all the popularity, you can have it all. You could have all the championships, all the medals, have it all, have it all. But if you do not have joy in life, salvation in life, then we have nothing, nothing. What is the point of life? Having good job, good clothes, having a lot of friends, being popular in social media, for what? You're here for a short while. Here today, gone tomorrow like a mist. If you don't have joy, if you don't have salvation, you have nothing. You have nothing. My end reward is in Christ. God, whether I have this, whether I don't have this, God, I know I have two things that is secure, that has been secured by the cross, the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I have, it's been secure. The joy in this life and the salvation in this life. Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 8, what is more, I consider everything a what? Loss. Loss. Because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them what? Garbage. That I may what? Gain. And when you gain Christ, what do you get? The joy in life and the salvation in life. I'm closing with this, I want to invite you when you're ready, if you can please close your eyes with me at this time.
with our eyes closed. In times of suffering, who and what are you reaching for? The temporary things of this world? These are the garbages, things that we must all lose, the temporary things of this world. It is nothing in comparison to the surpassing worth of knowing Christ our Lord. Knowing Christ is everything. Having a relationship is everything. May you be able to say today, I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. And there are those in the room today who are possibly undergoing suffering. And you may be in a season of suffering right now. But here is a truthful message to you. Here is the truth to you today. A message that is given by God. And Christ is saying to you that there is hope. The answer is me. His name is Jesus Christ. I am the answer that you are looking for. In prison, in death, in sickness, in the end, there is joy in life. Filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy and the salvation of your souls. Would that be your end reward? Is that your reward today? Or is your reward found in the temporary things of this world? Where are you standing, man and woman of God? Where are you today? Reflect it in your heart. Ask yourself in your heart right now, where do I stand before God? Is my faith being poisoned or is it being purified through my suffering? In my doubt and in my trials and in my testing, am I turning, running closer to the heart of God or am I running away, becoming skeptic, doubtful, Where are you today? And as I mentioned earlier in the sermon, suffering and tests are trials and short-lived. But for all those who are in Christ, but for those who are in Christ, for those who are in Christ, for those who are in Christ, will remain victorious. Sufferings and tests are short-lived, but for all who are only in Christ, and as harsh as that sounds, if you have never given your life and your sins to Jesus Christ, this truth is not yours to hope in. What do I mean? If you have never submitted your life to God, after the season of suffering in the short-lived life, when it is finished, there will be an eternal suffering that is waiting for you that we will all face. But praise be to God and thank God that I have a mediator, the ultimate mediator, Jesus Christ who came to save us, who came to rescue us. So first things first, I'm speaking to the men and women of God 
Christians who are followers of Christ. And if you are a follower of Christ and you are listening to this message today and you have already made that choice and you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, but you are undergoing trials and you are in a season of pain and suffering and loneliness, can you take a moment right now to hope in Him again? Choose Him again. Remember Him again. Can we, Jesus, can we give Jesus Christ our everything today, our pain, our confusion? Let us run into His arms. Let us run into His arms today. Can we take a moment to pray and to take a moment to seek God this morning slash afternoon? Let us pray together. So I'm going to invite the priest to come up quickly. Lastly, this message is for those who have never given their life to Jesus Christ. I want to give an opportunity and a chance for us to pray for them as a church, for those who are listening to this message online or wherever they may be listening. Let us just pray for those in our lives 
who do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, who have not given their life to Jesus Christ, because that is the foundation. So lastly, if you have never given your life to Jesus Christ, and you have never submitted and surrendered your sins to Jesus Christ, I want to invite you, I want to encourage you to do so today. If you can place your hand, your right hand, to the left side of your chest, your chest, your heart, representing your life, may we surrender our sins to Jesus right now. May we confess our sins to Him. May we call on Jesus to save me and to wash me from all of my past, my present, the sins, so that I may have hope for my future. This is the greatest decision that you will make for all of, all of eternity. Give your life to Jesus Christ. Give your heart to Him. Let us pray together. Jesus, you will be the greatest and the best decision that you will make for all of your life. Give your life to Him. Surrender your life to Him. This is the best decision that we'll ever make for all of eternity. Not just in this life, but for the life after. For we'll have eternity that is found in Christ. Come to me, all you who are struggling hard and carrying heavy loads, and I will give you rest. Put on my yoke and learn from me. I am gentle and humble, and you will find rest for yourselves. My yoke is easy to bear, and my burden is light. When we become followers of Christ, for those new believers here today,
I'm not here to trick you, to trick you into thinking that your life will be easy. Your problems will not magically disappear. In fact, you may go back to the same surrounding, same situation, but what will change? In fact, it may increase, but what will change is your heart. May your love for God, your heart increase for Him every single day. And it is promised that you will never walk alone. Don't pray for an easy life, but the strength to endure every single day. For God is not looking for the spectacular, but God is looking for the available. Are you available today? Are you available to Him today? Are you broken today? Then you are the perfect candidate. Are you lost today? Are you in desperate need of a Savior to rescue you? Then you are the perfect candidate. Turn to Him. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. And God, to you we will run. To you we will run. To you we will run. For your yoke is easy. We have been yoked with Christ. You are next to us. We are chained together, O God, to do the field and the work together, O God. I am not alone in this life. And I will find rest. I will find rest. Your yoke is easy. Your yoke is easy and your burden is light. Sufferings are short-lived in Christ. Embrace sufferings in Christ. Suffering finds your faith in Christ. Suffering reveals your genuine faith in Christ. Who am I? Whose am I? What I believe. My end reward is in Christ. Joy in this life. The salvation in this life. We pray all these things. Your precious Son, Jesus Christ, and we pray. God's people pray. Amen and amen. I would like for us to sing the last song together as a reflection and our prayer and our praise before God. Let's sing together, starting with verse 1.
truly we are ashamed of how weak we are. And God, as we transition now to the offering, Lord, we give what is yours. We give with joyful hearts and with joyful attitudes. Not out of compulsion, not out of coercion, but out of joy and with gratitude, with a free willing heart that is willing to give you what is already yours, O oh God. So God, take this honor, take this glory, take all the glory for your name, for your glory, and use this offering for your kingdom. May we now transition to a time of giving our offering to our Lord in heaven. Amen.